Oh, it's cracking, lovely people. Welcome to the Big Feed Up HQ podcast, episode 182. I'm your host, Matt Gardner. I'm a performance nutritionist by trade. I cut my teeth learning my skills as a practitioner, firstly in professional rugby union, then outdoor adventure and endurance sports. More recently, I've moved into corporate wellness, digital healthcare. I work as a health coach supporting pre-diabetics, type 2 diabetics, all things around blood sugar management, body composition change, fat loss mostly, um, and health span. As you know, if you're a loyal listener, I'm a food fanatic and I love a bit of outdoor fizz. So if you like the show, please share it with someone. It's the only way the show will grow lovely people. And it's always great to hear from you. People send me messages about recent shows. I love that. So if you want to get in touch, let me know if there's someone that you think I should speak to then definitely get involved. Subscribe too on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Leave me a review as well on Apple Podcasts. That'd be really mega. It just helps more people find the show. So 33 Fuel produce natural and powerful sports nutrition products and they help me out with the show. They keep the lights on. We've been working together for almost four years now. I think I'm in season four, getting towards 200 episodes. Brilliant. So the team, Warren, Erica, the founders, they're brilliant. They live down the road from me and uh, all their products sit well. I use their chia seed energy gels for my ultramarathons, their energy drink for my long bimbles um, and my ultramarathons, their greens powder through the winter, just a tablespoon of that. And in the past, I've used their protein bars, energy bars, all whole foods based. They sit well, they taste good um, and they're quite high calorie as well. So if you've got any outdoor adventures, you're doing anything, then take them with you. So you can get 10% off your first order by using the code MAT10 at checkout. So today I have a chap called Alex on the show. Alex and I used to work together a number of years ago um, in a corporate uh, Nuffield health uh, fitness and well-being center um, actually in the basement not basement but in the lower levels of uh, Barclays in uh, Canary Wharf so this will be a great conversation because I haven't actually spoken to Alex in depth um, so I'm really looking forward to catching up with him since then um, and filling in the gaps so he coaches busy professionals he produces a lot of online content so you can find him at uh, Alex Pedley PT. So Alex Pedley P E D L E Y P T on Instagram. And he's an author. He's just published a book called Reach Your Peak. So I hope you find the conversation useful. Everything you need will be in the show notes, lovely people, and enjoy. Alex, welcome to the show, mate. Uh, it's, uh, good to be on here. I'm so excited to chat and catch up. Obviously, it's been a long time since we've seen each other face to face, but I've been creeping on uh, your content over the last few years, especially over COVID. And we were just saying how when when people get it right and they they do engage in the process and send over information, all the data you can collect these days as a coach, it uh, it just takes things to a, to a slightly different level, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's really has transformed training. Um, you got you got so much information, so much data you can work with. Uh, you know, you can see people's sleep, you can see people's resting heart rate, obviously calorie intake, step count. You can see how people progressively overloading their their training. Um, so you really you can build up a really good picture of people, actually what they're doing, where they're strong, where where they can um, you know where they need to focus more. And uh, it enables you to take training up to another level. Um, and if you like data and, and working with that sort of stuff, it's, you know, it's quite fun. For the nerdy fitness people like us, but um, yeah, it's good. 
100%. And I can I can see in the background, I know everyone's just listening to this, we haven't got uh, any video, but I can see that Reach Your Peak book. So, you know, let's, I think if we dive into that, um, obviously the ins and outs of the book in a, in a you know, in a few minutes or so, but um, what's the process of that like? Has it been something that's built in your mind for a long time or is it as a result of COVID slowing down, um, putting a lot of your thoughts and feelings together over the last year and writing this manual for performance. Yeah, what's the background to it, mate, before it got pen to paper? So I, I was actually writing it before uh, the pandemic and then it was pretty close to being done. And then I was speaking to uh, one of my clients who's, who's in media who said to me, just hold off and wait. The world's just about to have a big shift. Uh, don't release it yet and sort of see what happens. Uh, so I did. Uh, I obviously had to um, pivot my business and a lot of things changed and it was a crazy time for all of us. So what I did after that, I held off the book and it was actually something that happened to me that, that made me change the book slightly. Um, so at the start, like I saw, it, there was a massive uh, change in our habits, right? We went from, you know, went from doing what we were doing to everything about our routines changed, everything, you know, the way we sleep, the way we're working, exercise, the way we're eating. And it was just, when you put in that environment, it, it, it's just hard to, it's hard to be able to adapt. So for me personally, I, I went from taking my business where I had my studios in Canary Wharf to taking it online. I had a young kid at home. Uh, so, and I didn't have the office that I have now, and it was just, it, you know, I found it harder to exercise, I found it harder to eat, um, eat well, my sleep quality was worse, I was more stressed, and after two, three weeks, I realised that I needed to, to, to make a change, to um, pull myself together, I was probably drinking a little bit more than, than, than I would normally, mm. uh, so I implemented a lot of things that I, I've done with, with with people in the past, and I started implementing the nine habits that are in the book into my life and and the system that I use to, to help people ingrain it. And then at the same time, I was writing the book, so it was a really interesting process because I, I was then writing down, I was looking at all science and, and get, getting you know all the studies together as well as implementing it into my life and my client's life. And uh, yeah, and that's how the book, book evolved, and it took a, took a, a while to write, and then the editing process and whatnot. But yeah, that's that's basically uh, how it all came about. Does writing come naturally to you? Because you know, when people are get say they're new to you today, or some people might follow you already if if they're keeping in touch and things like that on Instagram, and they see you know your visual content, it's engaging. You're you're very articulate. Your your messages, um, you know. It's important to say that there, there's a lot of thought process behind them, but you're good at making information sound simple and accessible for people. And you touch on really key things, parts of people's day to be aware of. So like, I engage with your visual content really well. It's very natural. What What's it like to, to start putting something like that together, a book, mate? Because, yeah, that would be a mountain to climb for me. That's why I can jump on podcasts and just chat, you know, and I've never kind of really done much in the written space at all um so i'm actually dyslexic so um writing wasn't something that that specifically uh, came um, naturally to me uh i was lucky i had a coach who talked me through like sort of some structural things of how to write a book but when i say it came naturally it definitely did come naturally and i just what i found is that I, I kept 
working on it, I keep writing into it, I finished it once and then overlaid it and overlaid it and overlaid it. What I'd say is anyone that does want to write a book, you have to put the time aside for it. It takes a, you know, a lot of commitment and discipline. I used to get up early to write in the morning. And it was something that I'd do before I started work. Mm. But it is probably one of the most life-changing experiences I've ever been through. It, it completely changed me. It changed my um, view on a lot of things on, on um, exercise, nutrition, behavioural change, because you have these um, uh, sort of these these views on fitness and health and, and obviously when you know you're going to put it into a book you need to make sure that you know science backs what you're saying and you you sort of you go deeper and you go layers deeper into everything and even though i've always been into looking at studies and so on you you, you, know, you just take it to the next to the next level really and really dig deep into it and it just my as i wrote the book i evolved as a coach um the way i work the way i actually do stuff um, yeah, and then you get to the point and you've actually got a book and then you've actually got to share it with people and it's, it's a scary thing, right? Because it's sort of being just you and the book and you and, and, and writing and, and typing on a keyboard and then suddenly you share it with people and it sort of creates its own life off the back of it. But it's brilliant. Have you managed to sit back a little bit and really congratulate yourself, uh, take, take those bright spots on board? I know the process of getting more people to find out about it is uh, stressful probably good stress in a way as you start to build it you know jumping on platforms like this i know i've got a small listener base but it gets more people to find out about it um you know have you managed to kind of sit back and do that because i think in the fast-paced environment us as coaches or me you know embedded a bit more in the nutrition side um, and 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 you know you've obviously you, you you have a lot more tools in your toolbox as a coach but do you think you've taken that time at all or are you just moving forward and next job next job next job yeah, I'd like to say that I have, but I haven't. It's um, you know, life's pretty hectic. I've got um, yeah, a couple of young kids, so anytime I'm not working, I'm 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 playing with my kids. So yeah, <laughs> I haven't really had a period. I've got a holiday in a couple of weeks. So I might actually um, sit back and yeah, process it a little bit more. But yeah, it's just a, it's just it's just now a, a situation where I want to try and get it out to a, a lot more people and uh, spread the message, as it were. Wait, 100%. So you've probably been asked this before, but, you know, what, who, sorry, who, who's this book for? If people are listening and they want to get something in their hands, say they're thinking, right, because I had a conversation with a, a client a, a few hours ago before speaking with you, and it's like, I'm going to get to bed 30 minutes earlier, I'm going to get off the screen, I'm going to read something, and people are always looking for that, you know, that, that new book, um, especially if it's something in the behaviour change kind of corridor, like uh, parts of your book is you know, focused on, um, yeah, who's who's the book for me? So my career, I've, I've spent the last 20 years working in corporate with professionals. So um, it's it's been written, you know, on my uh, experience working with very, very busy people. Uh, but, you know, really some of the busiest people out there, just back-to-back meetings and it's non-stop. So as much as it is, it is for... You know, that demographic has been written in, in, in that way. It's for anyone who's extremely busy all day long and is struggling to get into an exercise habit, into changing their nutrition so they can get into a better eating habit and then just not recovering well. Um, they're the key, three key areas, really, um, within the book. Is uh, There's nine habits, three habits in each of exercise, nutrition and recovery. And 
more to the point how to actually make it work within your routine because a lot of the time we can actually we know what we need to do but how do we actually do it how does it actually work in a real life for very very busy people and if we're all honest we're all busy we're we're in a we live in a, in a world now where we're switched on from first thing in the morning to the last thing at night you, you, know, you look most people look at their phone within minutes of waking up and, and doing the same before they go to sleep yeah, it's, we've got technologies fighting for our attention all of the time you we, we work longer now because again of technology because you can always be looking at your emails and, and so on um plus the rest of the commitments we have in life so it's, it's harder now more than ever before to really stay in shape plus we've got all the rest of the outsides um interference right we've got food everywhere we're now most people are now in a sedentary um, environment we have to sort of force ourselves to get out and go for a walk or get out and work out so yeah it's for anyone that really is struggling and uh, wants to now a user-friendly um, and holistic approach to, to get in shape and, and better manage stress. Awesome. And are the sections, is it a linear approach, mate? Do I read cover to cover or can you delve into chapters, pick things up as it goes, you know, circle a few points and kind of come back? How, how would you recommend someone dissects the information? So in a, in a perfect world, you read it from uh, back to front, but I know um, <laughs> that not always, it's not always the case. And, in my opinion, if you're starting from a completely fresh in fitness and, and health as a general trying to get in shape, I think the key, key areas to focus on is exercise and, and nutrition and, and really starting small. So I'd focus on um, either or that is your weakest out of those areas because generally someone will, will have tried or will be trying in one area if they're actually in the process of wanting to read a book about it. So if you feel that your nutrition is not working well for you at the moment, then I'd start on nutrition. And as I said, there's three real habits and principles within that. If it's your exercise, I'd start on your exercise. But yeah, but from, from the flip side, if you're highly stressed and not sleeping well, then you'd dive straight into, into the recovery part. But the way I see the book is as you as you get fitter, as you as you evolve and, and, and get, get in better shape, there's going to be parts of the book that will then become relevant for you. Um, but yeah, you can tackle it any way you want, really, any chapter. Yeah, 100%, like you said, building that toolbox and picking up some of those really interesting options. And when you get to a certain level, um, you can then utilise those and... Not only progress, but I suppose you just you've got other options, haven't you? You've got a new normal, and then you can dive into the rest of those habits once a few of those are set. So I suppose like the other side of it, if if that's the the smart way of doing it, and you've put a lot of this information together, mate. What was something? I suppose putting put you on the spot a bit, but what was something unexpected? You know, you got to the end of the process, putting all of this together. Was was there part of it that you thought actually that's that's really valuable? Um, but I you know I was maybe thinking at the start the the things over here are probably the meat and drink of it was there anything on you know unexpected your end that you kind of landed on and thought this you know this could be a really sneaky part of the book that could add a lot of value for people i know obviously you think all of it's valuable but you, <laughs> do you know what i'm trying to get at there yeah completely um so something uh, that i really looked into because i think it's so relevant uh, for for now is um something called autoregulation. And um, so regulation essentially means adapting to your workout to how you feel. Um, and we're in this, you know, 
sort of in this culture now where high intensity is the is the, the big word for fitness. And in my opinion, you know, hip and, and and some forms of hip training just aren't right for for most people. Um, for let me let me rephrase that. For people who um, aren't optimally recovered, and that's pretty much all of us, right? And you know, I, I look after myself, but my sleep's affected by my, my, my children, I'm sedentary for a lot of the day, even though I try and get myself out for walks and, and so on. So HIT is a very high stress uh, way of training. And as I say, if you, you know, when you put stress in the body, the point of it is then to adapt to that stressor through the recovery phase. So auto-regulation is this process of actually, if you sleep poorly, if you don't feel great on a day, but a relatively stressful day, if you're, if you're feeling tired from a previous workout, drop the intensity of what you're doing, or well, drop the intensity of what you're doing, actually do a recovery type session instead, or, or actually use um, weight perceived exertion during the workout. So that's your workout, uh, to, if, you're, if you're trying to hit a seven to eight out of 10, in a resistance workout and you want to stop two to three reps below your complete maximum you might drop that down to a six so you just not go for the motion because you'll still you'll still uh, get a good workout out of it but dropping it down to how you're feeling and i think what that enables people to do auto regulation is we sort of we always want an upward curve right We're, especially when you think about progressive overload which is to progress every every single week it's not actually something that's possible always because you're not always going to feel great. You're, you're not always going to want to train really hard. Um, and sometimes you just hit a little bit of a level where you've got to manage your workouts. You just got to keep training rather than thinking, oh, I've, I've got to keep progressing. So what will happen is you, and I know you won't be able to see me putting a line on my finger, but you might go up for a little bit and then, and then not plateau, but manage it, level out for a bit and then go up and then go across and go up. And for busy people, for people that have... Um, a lot of stress in their life, who don't sleep great, who, who don't have um, optimal nutrition, to actually be able to approach your training and think to yourself, actually, I haven't always got to give it my all. I can drop my intensity if I need to, so I can just level out and then build up and then level out and build up. You know, when you go for a, a good month, then you might have like two weeks where you drop it back down. I think that can really be a game changer for people because. Again, when we look at social media, you see loads of people who are phenomenal shape, you know, six packs or really toned people, and they're selling the benefits of of of, of this very high intensity training. But their their positions compared to where a lot of people are, they'll be able to tolerate a lot more stress than most people because, and when I say that, I mean exercise stress because they concentrate on just training. They're just training. A lot of them are in their mid-20s. They're probably eating very well. They're probably really concentrating on their sleep, their mental downtime. Um, they're, they're fit, so and they've, and they've got um, uh, the training age a little bit higher, so they'll be able to adapt to more, to more exercise stress. If you take someone, you put someone who's 40 years old, works in a you know in an intense environment doesn't sleep great hasn't got you know perfect nutrition pretty, pretty much most of us right and um it's just started working out um or he's just training um or, or it's just training for a while it, it's, it's a completely different world right so yeah all the regulation is something i believe very strongly in. i would agree i think that i've never thought about that using that term um for that side of things certainly perceived exertion definitely mate but that really wraps up 
the entire concept of going off how you feel. I've done things in the past with people rating things out of 10, like you said, adapting their day, what they're eating, um, how they're exercising. And I completely agree with the hit side of things too. Like you said, we're all walking around a certain level of stress and it does seem the sex- sexy option. And yes, you can burn calories quickly, but we know when you look into exercise metabolism, um, you know, low and slow is a fantastic form of exercise because we know it burns fat predominantly unless someone is, you know, really consuming something sugary right before. Um, and also if people are wanting to move often, then we know that it's generally going to cause less issues in the immune system, you know, less chance of getting injured. And as you know, being a coach and seeing some people, um, but, you know, used to seeing a lot of people in person all the time years ago, you, you, you want to help them adapt and train well. But obviously, if they're injured or ill or tired and they don't come to see you, they're not going to get the benefits. So I think anyone listening to this, if they think, oh, low and slow is not going to do anything, it might allow you to train more often um, and, and you can keep showing up because if you get ill or injured or you're very tired and you don't show up, you're not going to be able to adapt, um, add, add the stimulus and, and create change over time. Um, so we're in agreement there. The thing is, there's, there's, no, there's no secret you need to cause exercise stress, right, to be able to force the body into that adaptation. So you need to train. If you're doing, if you're doing resistance training, which I believe for the majority of people who just want to look and feel better, that's where you should be putting your 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 harder sessions, right? So you want to save your more intense sessions for those resistance sessions, but intense is relative again, right? Intense to someone who has been training for 15 years and it goes through all the stuff that I said previously, then it's going to be a lot more intense. But if you've got someone that's just starting out or is, is, is uh, you know, just a a year or two into training, they will have to do a lot less to cause that, cause that adaptation. And then really you want to then pair a cardiovascular type training, which is more lower intensity. So it's lower stress. You can get that balance. So you give your body that period of recovery. And if you're training, say two times uh, a week and you're pushing yourself as hard as you can, you can do in the session or to, um, as I say, two to three reps below your complete maximum, then yeah, pairing it up with other other modalities of training so you keep yourself ticking over. And for a lot of people, they will, you know, just going for a brisk walk will be enough to bring their heart rate up to a aerobic zone too. And that all of this stuff, when you actually get people to do it, they they battle against you quite a lot because most of the most of the, the, the information out there is that you should train really hard. You should be doing hit sessions, you've got yeah. Uh, push as hard as you can in your workouts. Always, you know, don't leave a don't leave a rep in the tank. But most people can't 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 tolerate it, unfortunately, mm. or fortunately. But um, yeah, so regulation, I think, is a is a real real key takeaway for most people when they're training. Mm. And everyone, listen to this. You know, your cerebral performance, really, the way you think and um, how you adapt to things mentally through the day. That that's the ultimate um, barometer. So if you're smashing yourself in your workouts. And, you know, thinking, oh, that's the only way to go. But you're fatigued. You can't make clear decisions. You've got mood swings around your family, friends. You know, you're sleeping mid-afternoon at your desk or whatever. You have to question that. You know, it might be great at the time and you get the short kind of endorphins and things. But you want to be able to train. And not always going to feel normal, but have energy to do what you're meant to be doing during the day, which is the majority of us working for a living 
and taking care of our families really so that that's massive isn't it for you know for the people that you, that you and i coach busy professionals and things they need to be able to show up so uh, it's important to find that balance it sounds simple everyone says it but yeah you have to carve that out because you want to add the exercise in but then finding that it doesn't take away from that kind of uh, cognitive performance in critical times of the day is essential Completely, and I'm not, uh, I'm not just going to jump on HIIT as a modality of training, um, but there's a lot of myths about HIIT. Firstly, you've got these these 45-minute HIIT sessions, which, if truth be told, they're not HIIT. They're just high-intensity. They're just very intense session. And the, the idea of what you're trying to do with HIIT is you're going for short bursts of intense effort where you're going into an anaerobic zone, right, in excess of 85% of your max heart rate and then you allow yourself that recovery period to come down to back into your aerobics up right and you're going back and forth back and forth and for a lot of people that might be a work to rest ratio of like one work to four five six um recovery so it might be something like 20 seconds one to make it easier for myself 30 seconds on <laughs> and then uh, two to three three minutes uh, recovery <laughs> yeah. and and they're short they're short sessions you, you might be doing 10 minutes 20 minute session for those for those but then you've got a lot of these more you know these hip style classes which people are doing 30 seconds on 30 seconds off they're never actually pushing themselves as hard as they can on the work period they're never getting enough recovery so what they're doing is they're just staying anaerobic the whole way through the session so what does that do that is just higher stress so if you're looking to wipe on that i used to do this and just to, to, to clarify because it might be no, people that I've worked with and and and, and uh, previously years and years ago, I used to do these classes. You know, I'm not just I'm not just like dogging off that way of, of training because of, you know I can see benefit in it if you if you enjoy it and you feel structure into your training then then great. But I used to do them and I, I when I was doing the classes I was in my late twenties. I was a fit guy. I did eat well. I slept better than I do now. So I didn't have kids. And it used to take, I used to give myself an hour after the session to be able to recover, an hour, because I was still sweating and I was tired for the rest of the day. Um, and it's because it's high stress and you, you, you might have even been tired the day after. And then the second big, big sort of um, myth is that you're going to get this, this epoch, you know, excess, uh, uh, excess post-exercise oxygen consumption or the afterburn where your, your metabolism raises for 24 to 48 hours. Now, there's, there's a few studies and a meta-analysis that shows that you, you've got to pretty much be an elite athlete to cause an, an, a sustained level of epoch to, to raise that metabolism. So you will burn a little bit extra calories after the session from doing it, but it's definitely not what is sold. Which is often, you, you know, how many times you've seen it, you're going to be like burning calories and you're going to become more efficient. And I used to believe that. Um, and it's, again, you will become a little bit more, but it's definitely not not as much. So, so a lot of benefit for someone coming into into um, into their training or is trying to get in shape, the actual benefits of, of doing these really high intensive cardio sessions, they just don't weigh up. And what they actually do is put a lot of people off. You know, people don't want to train to oh, God, I've got to absolutely kill myself in the session. When you don't, you just need to use a progressive overload, do a little bit more each week, start low, and just build up every single week and try and follow a, a relatively, well, a structured um, training plan to be able to, 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 to actually use progressive overload. 
Um, so yeah, as I say, not that I'm, I'm just focusing on hit training, but it is just something for me, especially for very busy people, people that've got a lot going on in their, their life. They see it as the the antidote to get themselves in shape when actually it can do do the complete opposite. Totally agree. Can actually burn themselves out. Yeah, totally agree. And I think if you're listening to this, that mentality of uh, if you are wanting to move very fast, don't be afraid to take more rest. Um, I think that's a really, really key point. So, you know, if I'm taking a burpee, for example, if I'm doing 20 seconds, I want to be on and off the floor as quick as possible. Say I do 10, I don't want that to slow down and I want to take as much rest as I can so that I could do another, I don't know, four sets of 10 as quick as I can. But if I don't know if you're listening to this and you and you can't you can't quite do a press up, be careful trying to do hit workouts with burpees in because you clearly can't move off the floor quick enough as um, as we we're talking about to create that intense zone. So just go you know walking uphill, brilliant, go and do that. And people think that's oh it's laziness. I went for like a long dog walk and I and I'm saying is it you know is the terrain quite varied to get off road? Yes, you know how was it? Was there some incline? Yes, and you think wow that's that's brilliant. That's probably something you could do every day. Um, stop at a few park benches and you know do a few bits and bobs, and then boom, you you know you build things up and you won't absolutely hammer yourself. So for for someone like you who does in, in you know big endurance uh, stuff, you're 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 gonna your heart rate is gonna stay relatively stable, right? Again, a, a good good pace for a long period. But if you actually watch people when they're when they're training, they will go anaerobic from doing a brisk walk. A lot a lot of people that if, if they've previously done quite a lot of anaerobic, a lot of hit, so I've, I've got clients who I tell them to try and train at aerobic zone two for 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 a while to, to build up that aerobic base. Yeah. And they they go away and their, their heart rate shoots up and they get. I, I did it. I I, I used to do loads of hit and I and I I actually dropped my intensity down and it was. You know, people know I'm a coach. And I was walking along and I was going doing lit low intensity interval training. So I was going from walking to running. Because my heart rate kept shooting up. Yeah. And and for most people, that's why a brisk walk. I'm, I am the biggest um, advocate for walking. I think there isn't a better modality of training out there. It's it's it will, it's good for your mental well-being. It's good for fat burning. It's good just to get yourself away and actually, you know, just just refocus. And it's good for your cardiovascular. It's it's a great way of training. And if you if you're someone that yeah, you're okay with training. You, you don't love it, but you, you know you should. If you do one, two resistance workouts a week, uh, short ones, go for uh, you know a good brisk walk daily, or split it into small sections. Which I'm, I'm a big believer in, just trying to get up a ten minute walk and get back to to your desk, and try and do some form some form of training to look after your joints. Um, obviously we're sedentary and that, that, that impacts our joint health. Yeah, I think you're, you're there. I think the actual, what people are aiming for is so big and, and they don't need to. And you, what you might do is actually start doing a walk, do a resistance session and then actually enjoy it and, and build up for, from there when you start a little bit lower. Um, yeah, so finding that balance is, is the key thing really. I'm exactly the same. I remember because uh, I used to hammer the CrossFit and um, I'd come from a rugby background, so a lot of lifting and you know power. And I remember going into this testing lab. Um, I work in one similar part time now, but I went into one on Bond Street, and <laughs> she might be listening to this actually. But anyway, she's uh, we we've moved on years ago, years uh, on from there, and uh, married now, and, and she's got a partner, a little baby. But there was this uh, 
this uh, practitioner who was you know running the session and I was on this treadmill I don't think I even had a shirt on and I was like wanting to perform well in front of her and I remember she showed me the stats after um, you know that point where because you can determine as, as Alex was saying you can determine roughly heart rate amount of the amount of kind of carbohydrates and fat you're using the percentage so this bit of kit could show me when I passed over to pure carbohydrate burning and I don't I don't even know if it was over 140 mate 100 beats per minute um and i remember looking at that and obviously i thought i'd ran well which i had i'd performed okay but I, that that day i remember looking at the test results and thinking what is happening here and then and then years after doing more endurance exercise trying to find a balance and then i retested or something last year and i've managed to you know push that up by by quite a few beats and then that's obviously as a result of adding more endurance exercise not saying that's for everyone but that was a real aha moment for me to just take you know take the gears down a bit find the balance and then if you're doing what the protocols Alex was talking about there you'll find you'll be able to walk a bit quicker do a bit more and then the heart rate will kind of stay as it is or maybe it might come a little bit lower so you'll know you're doing the right thing if you can add slight more intensity or duration or, or change the terrain and then your heart rate's not jumping as much so it can, you know, it can be done. And it's important to mention that, you know, we have been there as well, haven't we? 100%, 100%. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. And you go, you go through periods where even people, you know, I do it for a living, you go through periods where you're, you're loving your training and you're, you're not loving it as much. And, and mm. for, fortunately for, for anyone that's been doing it for a long time, it becomes a habit, so you kick back into it. But, um, yeah. It's, uh, it's it's all about trying to build that base and building a habit at the start. That's the the key thing for most people, right? Building building a habit, focusing on low intensity cardio, um, and getting that resistance training in. But yeah, don't be surprised if the heart rate goes up really quickly. Yeah, hundred percent, mate, hundred percent. So you know, people getting a hold of uh, the book and people engaging in obviously i'll pop your instagram and um you know social media links and things in the show notes but if people are interested in working with you or learning a bit more um are there are there opportunities to do so i remember we had a quick conversation about your program before the recording maybe let people into say if they uh, you know if they're interested in learning a bit more um, you know, outside of the the book and things, you know, what what else are you doing in in the the coaching space? Uh, so I have a program which essentially um, helps people implement uh, the the nine habits within within the book. It's called Path to Peak Condition, um, and uh, there's a a portal, so a um, a load of a content which. It gives tools and, and, and strategies to be able to implement uh, the nine habits into into your life. And then uh, I also still do coaching. I still do coaching one-on-one, but that, that form of coaching is um, online, even though nothing's online and offline nowadays, right? But you still get a, you know, a massive level of support um, and, and, and that and so on and then if you want to actually get in contact we've got a facebook group which is uh facebook forward slash past pick condition um and that's just again we we dig deeper into the nine habits within within the book 
and all of the normal social media things. That's cool. So is that community-led? So you've got other people engaging in conversations on that Facebook page and you're dropping in and, and you know, providing answers and acting as a soundboard and... Because uh, I still find, to be honest, I, I find a lot of those Facebook groups and things very valuable. It's probably the only thing I actually use. I post, obviously, my podcasts, and then I, I sneak onto some of those kinds of groups just to get some value, you know, learn from other coaches and also see what people are up to. Yeah, so it's completely... I only use social media, really, for... Well, Facebook I only use for groups. Yeah. Um, and I want some really, really good groups where you get, you get some fantastic information from it. And yeah. it's that. I just... For me, it's good to have a community. I think community is everything. So um, it's a good place where people can support each other and, and help each other on their journey. And also I give a, a load of free advice and free um, tools in there to be able to help people yeah. so they can really move along towards their goals. Yeah, it's a launch pad. And then also if you are doing something and you want to check in with a you know qualified, experienced coach who's digging a little bit deeper... Um, looking at modalities of training, behaviour change, nutrition, and no, that's fantastic, mate. Fantastic. I, I, think, I think it's like uh, if you know something, if you if you you spent a lot of your life trying to study something, you got to share it, right? I think yeah. that's the key thing. Of course. Um, it's uh, you got to try and help other people, especially when it's something so important as um, our health and fitness. Yeah. Right? And there's a lot of information out there that isn't correct, and there's a no, it's it's a it's a People want quick fixes. That's 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 the thing, right? People want quick fixes. We want it in every area. And really what we've got to be aiming for is quick progress done in a sustainable way. And that's the difference because you're not going to get to a point and, of training and, and stop. Or if you do, or you, you get to a point and you, and you, you turn to old habits, you're just going to return to where you were. Mm. So, yeah, it's just about the, the group's really just a place where we can really get that support and, and, and break down myths and just give uh, a logical and usable way to be able to get in shape. 100%. So it's like impatient with actions and uh, patient with results type mantra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's brilliant. You know, selfishly, you know, we've reconnected. It's great for me to understand what you've been doing since we, you know, worked close together a number of years ago. And I think if anyone's listening to this, Alex, the kind of content he produces visually, it's things that uh, I'm always watching and nodding my head along and thinking, God, you know, a lot of that's in my head. A lot of that's the stuff that I speak to people about one on one offline. And you take your time to have have those uh, sorry put those videos and things together for free for people to engage with so i implore you to to look at those things and he will stop you in your tracks and think you know that exact topic is something that i always think about and it's good to see a coach's perspective and it's nice and easy you can you can digest the videos very simple and then if that leads on to you engaging with your book, uh, your Facebook groups, or if someone wants to work through a coaching program, you know, you've got different levels of your support, haven't you? 100%. Yeah, um, definitely look at the content. I've also got a scorecard you can take, which will um, give you um, a score on actually where you are now, so that you can start breaking down and give you information. And that's all to do with the book as well. But I'd probably say, uh, Make sure if you do have an interest in getting in in shape, definitely read the book, um, take the scorecard, join us in the group. Yeah. And I've got loads of other uh, ways that you know I can help people as well. Hundred percent. So lovely people listening to this. I'll put all of the details that we've been through 
um, for Alex for all of the content online, the book, the Facebook group, uh, the coaching program, and, and I'll get that scorecard as well. I didn't know about that. That's cool. I'll put all that on uh, on there for you to have a, a look and a listen to and just reach out to him. You know, it's we engaged again online, got back in contact. It's, you know, very easy to catch up with. I know obviously he's a busy guy, but, you know, he will take time. To, to, to get back to you and go through things and you're probably similar to me Alex you know if someone wants to work with you one-on-one you either get on the phone or a video call and you you just see if things are going to work out you know build a level of trust and take it from there so I always say to people don't be afraid if you're following people like Alex like reach out to them you know they will reply so and we love that kind of new interaction don't we uh, yeah that's the thing it's um people have different different uh, knowledge in different areas so that's the whole point of social media right is to be able to sort of um, get little bit little nuggets of different people and it can be it can be a really powerful source so yeah i'm always here if you do want to chat if you've got any questions please just uh, send me a message i'll be happy to uh, happy to chat and help you out cool mate it's been brilliant lovely people thanks yeah, for thanks listening for having me. Oh, of course no it's it's, it's, it's it's awesome to have you back on um, and, and, and chat and uh, no I mean sorry it'll be great to have you back on and chat later on down the line um, good for us to catch up now and then obviously just the different levels of things that you do but the important messages because I knew we'd talk about training I knew we'd talk about habit formation and, and you know you've got good structure what, to what you do I find a lot of things for me always up in the air I have uh, you know you know me I'm quite this way and that so it's nice that you've put together a structure that people can engage with and follow so um, yeah it's been a pleasure. I'll um, pop everything in the show notes. Like I said, take a look at 33 Fuel as well. Lovely people. Hope you find something useful there and um, we'll speak soon. Bye.